What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go papertarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey everybody, welcome to Car Stuff. I'm Scott Benjamin. And I am Ben Bolin. I was slow on that one. Yeah, a little delay, that doesn't hurt anybody, I suppose. Yeah, well, we're... We'll fix it in post. We'll fix it in post. We'll fix everything in post. <laughs> okay, so the rest of this uh, podcast is going to be done in post by uh, professional actors trained to sound exactly like Scott Benjamin and myself. And what these actors are going to do is read... Uh, Read a little bit of listener mail. Yeah, yeah. This is one of uh, one of our favorite things to do, Ben. We mm-hmm. uh, we like to uh, put a, put together a bunch of stuff that you know we've uh, either missed along the way or just didn't have time to include in in you know previous podcasts or you know the email that comes in. We get mm-hmm. we get so much email from our listeners. We get really good uh, questions. We get a lot of topic suggestions that are that are excellent. Uh, we don't get an opportunity to answer all of them, mm-hmm. um, but uh, you know. This is a chance, you know, where we can kind of uh, get some of that out there and let people know what we're thinking about and let people know what other listeners are thinking about, too. Yeah, so stay tuned, guys. You might be in this show. Mm-hmm. And this is uh, number eight. Number eight. That's right. Nuts wow. and Bolts number eight. We've done uh, quite a few of these. I, who would have known early on that this is going to carry on this long? I don't know. It's. I think it's uh, – I have a lot of fun doing it. I do, too. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite things that we get a lot of uh, in emails uh, are stories. We get a lot of great car stories. We yes, get, we do. We get a lot of stories about um, – well, I don't want to spoil the surprise. Uh, so, do you want to do you want to jump into it? Yeah, you know what? I'll hit you with the story right off the bat. Nice. I'm, if we duplicate or whatever, uh, we'll we'll try not to do that. But all right, uh, all right. All right. Here's one from uh, Matt in Greenville, Texas, and Matt wrote in that um, he just listened to our episode on car crushers and shredders, uh-huh. and it reminded him of a funny story from about 20 years ago. So he was out with some friends, and they were going down the highway, and there was an 18 wheeler that was carrying a truckload of crushed cars. Oh yeah. So you can imagine this, right? You know, the kind yeah. that are just flattened, not not cubed, but flattened, right? That, that type, right? And uh, they, he said they had them stacked about five high and about – there were about two or three stacks of these cars, you know, 
five high. Mm-hmm. A lot of cars. Mm-hmm. And the lady that they were with apparently didn't know how they crushed cars or that they did crush cars. Right. <laughs> and she thought that they were all from the same accident. And, you know, of course, everybody just cracked up laughing, thinking, you know, like, what kind of accident would this be where they all end up pancaked on top of each other <laughs> and they're hauling them all away at the same time? So I thought that was pretty funny. That's a, that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, so thank you, Matt, for sending that in. I, I yeah. kind of picture that, but man. That's pretty. That's that's silly when you think about it. Well, you know, you're talking to a guy who went for years without knowing that the main ingredient in soy sauce is soybeans. Yeah, you've mentioned that, and uh, I still find that hard to believe. I have to be, you know, I can't, I can't <laughs> mislead people about that. All right. Oh, Although, in my uh, defense, it is mainly wheat now. That was Mark. Did I say Matt? I said Matt. I think. You said but anyways, Matt. it was, it's it was Mark. Mark from okay. Greenville, Texas. Thanks for writing in, Mark. We've got. Uh, Got Caesar who wrote in to us uh, uh, regarding the airships episode, mm-hmm. and he wanted us to mention something we didn't mention in the show, which was that the Empire State Building was supposed to have a blimp mooring station. Yes, that was uh, the tower was part of that, right? Yes, that was uh, that was supposedly the beginning of uh, a, a mooring station where they were going to tie off, and then they were going to have a uh, a walkway that so led into the could building. Board and unboard. Now, can you imagine? Airship. Can you imagine walking down like um you know a, what do they call that when you get on a ship? What's the uh the, the runway? Oh uh, no, that's the <laughs> yeah I forget no, the name. No, of that no, thing. you're talking about ships. Yeah, but you know the 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 uh the the walkway that you go yeah. down to get on it on and off a ship. Mm-hmm. Imagine the same thing at the, perched at the top of the Empire State Building, and you're entering a floating ship. Yeah, and Caesar says it couldn't be done uh, mainly because of the wind. Mm-hmm. I believe that. I mean, it's probably a hundred mile an hour wind up there. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's it's got to be strong wind up there. But uh, how how weird would that be to see um you know uh, zeppelins tied off on the on the tops of buildings? I I wanted to uh, I wanted to see it in real life. You know, would have been cool. There's a television show called Fringe that has uh, that has some weird airship action in it. Cool. I don't want to spoil it for fans of the show, so I'll just leave Fringe. it at that. Uh huh. Fringe. Okay, I'll check. Yeah, it's out like that. a science. It's like an X Files kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um. So Jerry writes in. And says, uh, hi, Jerry from Valdosta writes in and says, hi guys. I started catching up with the podcast. Um, I listened to how automotive production lines work and lo and behold, there is this email in my inbox with a link to a YouTube video of the Model T production line. Ah. Needless, I've watched this. Yeah, yeah. We both watch this. Needless to say, it's awesome. I know you guys will enjoy it if you haven't seen it yet. Uh, it also shows footage of Model T's off-roading, which shocked me. Uh, he said he also wanted to thank Ben for throwing in the explanation where REO Speedwagon got their name. Um, hey, Jerry, do what I can, man. Yeah. That's, Build, building that, bridges. Yeah. <laughs> a fount of knowledge over there. The, uh, the thing is the, um, you know, that, that Model T footage is, is so cool to look at. But you also think like, you know, you're looking at the, at the production of the, the wheels mm-hmm. and how mm-hmm. easily that person could lose a hand in that operation. I mean, it's just things like that that, you know, kind of struck me as funny. Not funny, but, um, I don't know, interesting. It's so different from the way things are done now. Yeah, and it's it's a little bit different from what I had originally thought it would look like yeah. too. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot going on there too. I mean, there's a lot of processes there that we didn't see right. you know, that are even more intense. You know, like where there's you know practically molten lead pouring next to people. You know, right that are standing on <laughs> the line. Yeah. They've got a bunch of flammable clothing on. Mm. Um, interesting stuff. It's really really cool. It's it's neat to watch the uh, the original Model T assembly line in in progress or in motion. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. I got one that goes back in history as ways too. Um, you know, we we had that um, 
episode that was about the uh, the first road trip, right? Yes. Uh, we also did one that was the first person to cross the United States. Two different things. Okay, two different things. So uh, the first road trip was um, Bertha Benz. Yeah, that's right, Bertha Benz, and um, which I think surprised a lot of people. I think yeah. we, we got some email that said, you know, I just had never, ever heard this before. And it and, surprised uh, us for sure. It really did, yeah. Well, it turns out that there, the first – there was also, you know, how we had, had mentioned that um, Horatio uh-huh. was uh, – what was the guy's first name? I can't remember. Oh, um, uh, Anyways, um, first across the United States. We'll yeah. come up with it in a moment. Yeah. In, his, in his Winton. Remember that? In the Winton uh-huh, automobile? Uh-huh. Well, as you can imagine, there was also a first woman to cross uh, – the United States, and her name was Alice Ramsey, and she actually had three female passengers that went along with her, and this was in 1909. Um, she left from Hell's Gate in Manhattan, New York, and arrived 59 days later in San Francisco. So, um, you know, the first woman who made the trip, we don't want to shortchange anyone here by Good call. Just, just mentioning Horatio. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times, uh, someone else who gets credit for this, this journey will get... Uh, Mentioned probably more than more than um, Alice Ramsey, unfortunately. Who is that? Uh, Blanche Stewart Scott, who often is mistakenly cited with being the first one to make this trip. It turns out that she was actually she did do uh, cross country journey in an automobile. She went east to west also, uh, but her real um, area of expertise, I guess, was aviation. Hmm. She was uh, an an early female aviator, and uh, you know Alice Ramsey often does not get credited with making that first trip across the U.S. So. There you go. Except on our show, she gets credit. She she does get credit, yeah. So that uh, that kind of ties in with that first early road trip information that we had from well, a couple months ago. A little, little De Niro shrug ago. Yeah. Uh, so Richard writes in on our Cafe Standards, mm-hmm. uh, on our Cafe Standards episode, and he says, Thanks for the info on Cafe Standards. I did not know there was a credit system in place. While looking into lower emissions any place we can, I think car legislation is just silly politics. And he says that if we want to get serious about lowering emissions, we need to change the way we factory farm in this country. I'm a vegetarian. I have no issue with my gas-guzzling SUV because my eating habits do more to save the environment than what I drive. Oh, boy, Ben. Can of worms. You just opened a can of worms here because there's going to be arguments either way for this, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you can you could say that you know that, that doesn't save anything really and here's what we need to do is, is this. And everybody's going to have their own opinion. Yeah. Um, very political issue. It's a, it's a Gordian knot. It's a can of worms, but we're we're just uh, we're just reading what our listeners are saying. So if you disagree, let us know. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Because uh, you know, there's so many different ways to look at this. If you if you mm-hmm. can think of a, a well, what was the narrator's name? Uh, that was Richard. Richard. If you can think of a, a way that Richard is uh, either correct or incorrect, or you've got a, a differing opinion, write in. And let us know. Yeah, and 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 back them up too. Don't be afraid to back them up if you agree. Yeah, exactly. And exactly. and uh, or or otherwise, because mm-hmm. we welcome all viewpoints on our show. Here's another one from. Yeah. Uh, I've got a, a note from Ryan. Ryan, you know. Ryan writes in all the time. Regular here on the show. Ryan, hey, Ryan. from Lynchburg, Virginia. Hey, Ryan. Yeah, he's awesome. Um, oh, this one's about our uh, our salvage title and flipping podcast that we Flippy did. Cars, yeah, the, the yeah, sal- yeah. Salvage vehicles. Uh, he says he's got a couple of fr- – you know, I think Ryan's in the auction business, that's right. Yeah, he, he knows about this. Promotions, and yeah. promotions right? Um, or advertising. Uh, it says he's got a couple of friends in the salvage title flipping business also. Mm-hmm. I saw this email. Interesting guy, this Ryan. Yeah. Uh, they get cars from, uh, let's see, for lots of my friends. Oh, it gets, uh, the person who does the flipping gets cars for lots of his friends. It also says they sell a lot of them internationally and nationally online. Uh, and from what I gather, as long as you disclose the title situation and document the repairs, that's key. You uh-huh. document the repairs. 
uh, there's a significant market for buyers because you can sell a salvage vehicle as a uh, repaired vehicle, mm, but okay. you do have to have good documentation on it. Um, he said it's wild because they're regularly driving cars that are new to them, and he says and a lot of them are really sweet rides. Like uh, he just had a friend of his that bought a $120,000 Porsche for about $30,000 with a salvage title. He says they'll put about ten to $15,000 into it initially just to fix it back to the point where it's you know back to back to new and um, they're going to sell it for about a four a, f- a high four or a low five figure profit jeez unbelievable huh yeah um he says that um you know you'll keep it for a while drive mm-hmm. that car that's worth mm-hmm. 120,000 and sell it for you know just a little just keep it for a little while sell it which is really awesome too um and he says his sister's best friend got a mini cooper jcw i think that's john cooper works edition okay. uh for about $7,000 which is a huge bargain uh put about 2 or 3,000 dollars into it has a fast daily dark driver for pennies on the dollar and that's one that they intend to keep and um ryan mentions that he's actually thinking about doing this for uh, his next ride. And he also uh, mentions that um, one thing to note on salvage vehicles that we didn't mention is that once a vehicle has been salvaged, if it has a salvage title, uh, it does not qualify for any factory recalls. Oh, yeah, we should have mentioned. Yeah, yeah so um, you know, once once you've had that, that, uh, that note made on the title that it was a salvage vehicle at some mm-hmm. point, no more factory recalls apply to that vehicle. Now, and, and that's across the board. Yeah, uh, you're now, paying for the repairs. One thing I do want to mention about Ryan that is so awesome is, remember when he sent us uh, for Christmas, he and his wife sent us that uh, that that awesome Christmas oh, card? You know, let me tell you, this guy gets around. I mean, he's all over the world doing cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. It's like a Lego champion? Yeah, we talk about... Um, you know, all these different. We talk about hang gliding. He's been hang gliding. You talk about parachuting. Mm-hmm. He's been parachuting. You talk about you know racing schools. He's been to racing school. You talk about anything. The guy's a very full life. This Ryan. It was. Uh, I, re- I really enjoyed though. I, I don't know if we ever said on the air, Ryan. I'm sorry if I'm embarrassing you, but yeah, that we're was gushing. Yeah. Well, yeah. But, but it was really awesome because it's like this. It's like this. Um, it's like his presentation. It's yeah. like this slick, glossy presentation of uh, he and his wife and his family doing some awesome yeah, stuff. I want to say it was a PowerPoint. Was it a PowerPoint? No. <laughs> Wasn't it? No, I don't know. I it thought was there was physical, something like that. It was yeah. the physical thing. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. It was a book. It was a glossy mm-hmm. book, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Okay, I remember now. Um, Matt writes in to us to uh, say, uh, as I drove to work, I heard my shout out while you were doing the podcast for the Lemons race. This ah, is Matt who has yes. suggested the Lemons. Um and so he wanted to say something to the rest of the listeners. First of all, I'd like to tell the listeners that I'm not new to motorsports, but I have never done wheel-to-wheel racing. I'm an instructor for Audi and BMW club events known as high-performance driving experiences. I'm certainly accustomed to racing. I've never wheel-to-wheel raced, time trials only. That means we normally pass each other only in the straights, and it's done with uh, permission. And then Matt's Matt's email here has some great pictures of uh, some of the stuff that he's doing, and he shows us a picture of uh, his Audi, which is a 2005 all road 2.7 uh, manual transmission, and uh, he's he also uh, is describing some of this stuff, and then he starts talking about his lemon car. Ah, yes, I saw a picture. Of he that. calls the heap. Uh, so they, <laughs> yeah, so they had to get you know a timing belt, timing adjustment. And then uh, he goes through – now, unfortunately, because of time, I can't read all of this. Mm-hmm. But he's giving a great account, a first-person account of the um, 
preparation that goes into these vehicles because, you know, everybody familiar with this realizes that you've got $500 for the car, but then you've got safety stuff, which is counted as a separate expense. Mm -hmm. And um, so his first time on the track, um, he says they – he rolls on track with a – I roll on track with a pit in my stomach and the cacophony of clunkers – Running through the track, I see my opportunity emerge into traffic. This is where it hits me. We are racing now. And this is actually, this is really well written. Yeah, it's well written. I I read the entire thing. It was good. I wish I could read the rest of it. But, um, Matt, thank you for giving us this, uh, first, giving us this first hand account of this. And some of the humiliation that they had to suffer in the pits because of, uh, I forget what the, uh, what the rule was. Oh, yeah, yeah. uh, yeah. They were initially going to have to wear Teletubbies costumes (laughs) and parade through and tell everybody what losers (laughs) they were or something like that. It was just, uh, it's one of those goofy rules. But it it sounds like, it sounds like the, the race of a lifetime. Oh, very fun. fun. Sounds like a lot of fun. And the car looked really cool too. I saw that. It did. Yeah. Yeah, Nice job. That was, it was good, good work. So thanks for sending that in. I appreciate it. Yeah. Who's next? Uh, let's see. I've got, uh, not, not who, but what. Um, uh, yes. I found a site that I've been using. This is more of a tip than anything. And, and I'll tell you, we've, we've talked about, uh, boats in the past, right? We've had a few boating podcasts and, um, we mentioned, you know, some of the things that go along with owning a boat. And one of those things is knots. You know, you have, they have to learn a lot of yeah. knots in yep. order to, to, to own a boat. And I found along the way, I found this, this site that we didn't mention in any of those podcasts. And it's, it's, um, animatednots.com. It's mm-hmm. called animatednots.com. And they have just a ton of different – and the reason the site is, is so helpful is because you can actually see the knots being tied in front of you. Yes. And, and it's unlike, you know, when you look when you look at it in book form, you can watch a, a clip of somebody tying the knot, you know, mm-hmm. by hand. You can watch them doing that. Or they have a series of slides that go in order, you know, one through step 20 or whatever they have. Yeah. Um, and you can watch them at different speeds. And they're color-coded. Yeah, they're color coded, so it's easy to keep up with what's going on, and they, they can, you can do a mirror image, so it makes it mm-hmm. easier for you to watch, or or um, you know the the standard if you were looking down at your hands. Mm-hmm. Um, just really cool site, and I've been using it for all kinds of things to tie down loads on on the, you know the cars at home. Yeah, uh, you know if I'm carrying something on the weekend, um, boating of course, you know they mm-hmm. can use it for that. There's climbing, there's rescue knots, there's all kinds of knots on this site. But again, animatednots.com. And uh, I think it's worthwhile to spend just a few minutes there, but I, I've been using it a lot recently. <laughs> nice. That's, that's it. Yeah. That's, that's pretty – yeah, I remember when we were talking about that one. Um, this uh, this was definitely one of the things that we didn't get in we, – we didn't get into the air. So I hope everybody checks out that not website mm-hmm. as as a Boy Scout I can, or as an Eagle Scout, I guess. Mm-hmm. Still am. Don't want to get in trouble for that one yes, again. Yes, you are. Yeah, I, I want to. Uh, I want to tell people again that learning knots is super easy and well worth your time. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm what I'm doing now is kind of shuttling around uh, through our. Yeah, yeah. yeah I got you know it, I, one because yeah. I've got one that uh, you know we we just talked about um, um, retractable hardtops in a, in a podcast mm-hmm. not long ago, mm-hmm. and uh, there's one that I forgot to mention along the way that I think is going to surprise a lot of people. What's that? Uh, did you know that there was a 1966 Mustang GT that was made with a retractable hardtop? It was a uh, it was a manual manually retractable hardtop, not an uh, automatic. But there are only 12 of these things made, and only five uh, are known to exist right now. But the ease of operation of this thing is unbelievable. You watch somebody who who operates it. You, know, you can watch uh-huh. an online video, a YouTube video, or wherever you go again for videos for this. But um, 
again, 1966 Mustang GT hardtop convertible or retractable hardtop. And it's unbelievable how simply this thing folds and, and, and hides away. And mm-hmm. it's so unique. I mean, I, the person that, that uh, is, is demonstrating this thing says that it's, it's an unbelievable draw at any car show that they go to because it's so rare. Uh, oh. it's a, it's a ridiculous, ridiculously simple operation of this thing. And people were wondering why they didn't produce it. I've got, why didn't they? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, it had to have been production cost or something like that. Yeah. I, just want, I don't, maybe there just wasn't the market for it. Maybe people just didn't want it at that time because that was in that, uh, that weird time in between, you know, the late fifties when they did the, uh, the big Skyliner. Right, right. And I'd say about the late nineties when they started making, uh, you know, what, what we consider now the, uh, the modern, yeah, the modern one, the ones that articulate yeah. more. So we've got, um, really? Yeah, I'm, t- I'm sorry. I'm just so surprised. No, it, it just fits right in the middle of that, and maybe there just wasn't the market for it. I want to read this email to you, Scott. Uh, this this uh, is backing you up. This is from Mike, uh, who is from the Internet, Mike and Joan. Mm-hmm. Uh, he writes in, and I'm going to just read the part where he backs you up. He's writing in in response to our podcast on airbags, mm-hmm. if you recall. Um your pet peeve to scoot back from the airbag is a great comment. It's very important. Having seen airbag deployment tests, you don't want any part of your body or any object, book, phone, etc., sitting there when the airbag comes out at 200 miles per hour. Uh, he's an engineer, so he's mm-hmm. not just, you know. Take his word for it. Right. Along the same lines, one of the guys that retired a few years ago from our department smokes a pipe. Being intimately aware of how airbags work, do you want to guess how he smokes his pipe in the car? His pipe comes out the side of his mouth, pointing toward the rear of the vehicle. It might look strange, but in an accident, it beats the alternative. <laughs> that so, is strange, yeah. So even an engineer, like a pipe-smoking engineer, he knows about it. He's smart because that thing would be jammed right through the back of his head. And then he, he's got something, he's got something, uh, for me, more for me, but also for you. He's like, now for my pet peeve. Hmm. Let me let you in on industry logo. NHTSA is not pronounced, and he spells it out. NHTSA. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's like, by those of us that worked with him, it's pronounced NHTSA. That's oh. my comment. Yep. I've so heard that. Thanks for writing in, Mike. Okay. Uh, Makes sense. You know, we'll yeah. try to do that. NHTSA. Try to remember that. Do you have do you have something else? You I've want got to a couple. Up? You know, I've got a okay. couple little things here that I want to mention. That um, this is more. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, just more like uh, stuff I've seen. How about a stuff I've seen? Oh, I, I missed those. Yeah, this Ben. I saw the other day something I didn't think that I would see on the road, maybe ever. What's I that? I don't know why. I I finally saw a Tesla Roadster on the road. You never saw? I saw one. You did? Before. Yeah. No, okay, what color? It was black. Ah, that's the one I saw. Maybe it's the same one. Did you see it around here? I did. I saw it in Sandy Springs, Georgia. I was in okay. traffic, heavy morning traffic on the way on the way here. It was on Roswell Road, you know, if, for anybody yeah. that knows the area. And I swear I thought it was a I thought it was a black Lotus Elise in traffic behind me. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, well, still I wanted to, you know, check it out, so I kind of let it catch up behind me. Yeah. And as it drove past, I realized that it I was looking at a Tesla Roadster. And I didn't get to follow it for very long because it, it turned off to enter the highway. But uh-huh. um, I, I don't know why. It was just shocking to see it. I've, I've never seen one on the road. You know, I'm, I'm familiar with the vehicle and, you know, everything about it. But mm-hmm. uh, I've never seen one on the road or even on a dealer showroom or any – never been around one. And then mm-hmm. here's one right next to me in traffic. Pretty cool. And black. I, I don't know why that surprised me too. I thought the first one I would ever see would be red for some reason because that's the one you see in, in all the uh, all the press. Imagery. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've got a. It looked a, really cool. I've got to say, they measure up to the height. Yeah, they do. They're really. I've, I've never, I've awesome. never driven one, but uh, man, they look like nice cars. How long ago did you see it? 
Oh gosh. Uh, 2010. It had to be oh, last no year. Kidding. Yeah, I, it had to be last year. It's evaded my uh, my my line of sight for. I didn't for that tell long. you about it. No, no, you didn't. I went. I mean, we we can't assume it's the same one. I uh, know, but uh, pretty good, pretty good chance, I would think. So okay, we've got uh, Harlan writes in from San Jose uh, to uh, respond to our automaker driving school podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, now, he says one of the perks of living in Silicon Valley is being between the uh, Sears Point and Laguna Seca. One of the perks of owning a Porsche daily driver is preferred parking, swag, and hospitality at motorsport events held at these tracks and the ability to participate in track days there as ah, well. Ah, cool. Yeah, so he's got um, – he says that it's – you know, busy race schedule. Tracks tend to run 300, 350 a day. Uh, he's like, I'm at a – He's not like, excuse me. <laughs> he yeah. says, although I am at a level where instruction is optional, it's also free. So I frequently ask an instructor to ride with me. Uh, it's well worth the price of admission. Uh, there's little to no runoff room in most corners. He needs to drive the car home and to work the next day. Uh, so he show, he's got a good link, um, that I want to share with everyone, a national track day link. And you can go to a website called hookedondriving.com. Hookedondriving.com. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go to that myself. Uh, yeah. That's really, really cool. That's a good, that's a good resource. Yeah. So we, uh, we wanted to let people know about this and, uh, what was it again? Hooked on driving? Hooked on driving. Hooked on driving. Okay. Got uh, it. And so he's, he's naming, uh, his experiences, uh, briefly, he says, uh, his, Best experience was the Porsche Sport Driving School at Barber Motorsports Park in Alabama. Hmm. Uh, he's graduated from the Performance Master's Program there. He looks forward to the Master's Plus class. The instructors were outstanding. They were either legendary, like Hurley Haywood, or highly successful and current. No kidding. No kidding, my Hurley friend. Hurley Haywood was there. Uh-huh. Andrew Davis as well. Uh, also Cass Whitehead. Um since his goal is to be smooth and let the speed follow, he's been able to develop habits that have transferred to surviving driving daily on the crowded, underfunded roads of Silicon Valley. <laughs> so this is this is a pretty good email here from Harlan um, that should I, that I hope uh, will give other listeners who've been maybe interested in track days yeah. and have thought, you know, no, that's not for me or something. Hookedondriving.com. Yeah, check it I'm, out. I'm, I'm going to go to that site. It's I'm going to check it out. It's pretty cool, dude. Yeah. Here's, What's next? Uh, here's just more of a little news bit, but uh, it's kind of led into something else. Uh, this is a real drag, but I lost my jumper cables. I recently lost my jumper what? cables. Yeah, we were talking yeah, about this. Yeah, we did. We yeah. mentioned this off off air, and it's really been bothering me because um, I'm, I've been looking at the price of new jumper cables, and I'll tell you that's why it's bugging me because quality jumper cables. The set that I lost was a really good set. It, it was very long. It was probably like sixteen feet long, okay. very thick gauge, very heavy gauge. They're probably like six or eight gauge. Um, it's a very thick wire, um, and I think I accidentally donated them. You know, and one of like yeah. taking the stuff for donation, and I think they they were offloaded by accident. Um, that's my best guess, anyways. But um, looking into it, I didn't realize that there were so many different types and sizes available, and I, I don't mm. know why. I just hadn't really thought much about it. No, it's key what what you're talking about there. Uh, buying a good set of jumper cables. Um, you would be surprised how many people will be happy with just grabbing an eight foot set. No, no, no. You don't want to do that. And no. the reason is because, you know, the eight foot set, you've got to be so close to that other vehicle when you jump it. Mm-hmm. Um, right next to it or facing, you know, exactly. hood to hood. Exactly. And that's not going to happen on the highway. No, because you have to do that dangerous maneuver that we were talking about where you have to kind of find a way to back your car up 
you know, mm-hmm. in front of the other vehicle and, or try to find a way to pull next to it on the shoulder if that's yeah. possible. And it's really, really difficult. So, you know, the set that I had was about 16 feet, but you can get them all the way up to like 24 feet where you can park behind the other vehicle and jump it from behind if you mm. wanted to. Yeah. That's the best one to get. And of course, you know, the gauging, if you pay attention to the box, you know, that, that they arrive in or the bag or whatever. Sure. Um, They'll tell you that, you know, there's, there's heavy duty and there's normal duty, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, the normal ones, you know, that are about 10 to, tw- like 10 to 12 gauge, very thin wire compared to the six or eight gauge. Mm-hmm. Um, but you'll find that, you know, that if you read the applications for them, they may say that, you know, they're not really suitable for jumping anything larger than a small comp, you know, like a compact. Yeah. Vehicle, um, something that draws a lot of power. So, you know, Take a look at what you're getting because, you know, now that I'm really paying attention to this, there's a lot more to it than just going out and buying the cheapest set you can find. Right. Yeah, because how much how much more expensive will it be to call someone else to come jump your car? Exactly. Yeah, and you may find that, you know, you you end up burning up those cables if you're trying to jump, you know, jump a uh, a bigger truck. I've got I've got two short ones. Sure. And then I'll probably be out of here. Uh okay. Micah writes in, and that's M-I-C-H-A, so pardon me if I'm mispronouncing it. Micah writes in to say, uh, to talk about our nuclear-powered car mm-hmm. podcast, yeah. and it's really funny. You mentioned the car was heavy and jutted out because the reactor required a ton of shielding. Did you mean this literally? If so, did you mean 2,000 pounds or 1,000 kilograms? Normally I wouldn't ask, but a literal ton of shielding is not unthinkable. Uh, Micah, I don't have the exact number, but I can tell you it was not a, an entire ton. It was just a lot. Yeah. Just a figure of speech. Yeah. Uh, but it was measure, whatever the material was, and I, I just don't have the, that information in front of me right now, but mm-hmm. it was measured in feet. Mm. Feet of shielding between the the passenger area and the uh, the reactor that you carry in the back of the vehicle, and uh, yeah, I can imagine that it was significantly heavy. And Eric writes in to say uh, he wants to throw in an anecdote for our Black Boxes uh, podcast, which got a lot of response. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, he says, the company I work for runs a fleet of vehicles, has installed GPS systems in all of them. These GPS systems were initially sold to the workforce as a safety feature. If you broke down or got into an accident, they could find you. It even came with a key fob to press in case of carjacking or other types of emergencies. They told us there would be no real-time monitoring. They would only be able to ping the system when called for. Most important of all was that the system would never be used for disciplinary purposes. Sure. Fast forward a couple of years, and the key fobs don't work, had to be turned in. The system is now real-time. They can track everything you do, including speed, seatbelt use, route, etc. And last but not least, people get fired left and right for any violations of the above. Uh-huh. So, as we said before, slippery slope. It is slippery That's slope. you got to watch one. out because yeah. uh, the technology only improves and uh, the way they use that technology always changes. And I've only I've only got like one thing, and then I'm done. Yeah, so. you know what? I got a couple things here that I yeah, want to mention, and you know, one out. of them was, uh, and this is real simple. There's no real yeah. backstory of this or anything. It's just, uh, you know, we were talking about Hot Wheels cars and Matchbox cars. Yeah. Um, Mattel, uh, I guess their headquarters is in El Segundo, California. We didn't mention that. Oh yeah, we didn't yeah. even mention that. What's what's your next thing? Oh no, I just wanted to mention I, I also lost my wallet there one time. Oh, well, I was there. Yeah. Did strange. you find it? Um, no. Okay. Sorry. I don't know why lost, I was like, I, I was like fresh on the lost, case. Lost my wallet in El Segundo. You know that one? <laughs> Hip hop song? No? Oh, Ben, you're going to have to look this up. You're going to have to. Okay. Brother. I thought that was going. So I thought Ben would know this, everybody. But uh, some listeners are going, he doesn't know that. It, look up lost my wallet in El Segundo. 
Oh, man. It's worthwhile. Okay. <laughs> I feel bad. Oh, brother. I'm trying for – that's a weak joke. Oh, I'm, I'm a weak audience, it sounds <laughs> like. Um, Eleanor writes in for potentially dangerous accessories. Now, um, she says, guys, I just list, finished listening to Dangerous Car Accessories episode. I was kind of surprised you didn't mention the rubbish people hang from their rearview mirrors. Uh, I'm hopeful that maybe this is because it's illegal where you are or a lot rarer than in my city. I'm from Melbourne in Australia. I see it all the time. Air fresheners, rosary beads, fluffy dice bracelets, even teddy bears. I just cannot understand how a driver wouldn't find this distracting. <laughs> what I understand less is how it's not a bigger deal and people don't get ticketed for it. It definitely obstructs the driver's view of the road and it seems plain ridiculous. Uh, apologies if someone else sorry mentioned this. Well, uh, Ellie, as she says, uh, no one has mentioned that. Uh, we, I, I think, uh, it's, it's probably a big peeve and I'm a little worried yeah. that it might become a pet peeve for me. Yeah. It might be like a magic eye you know, or where's I'm Waldo. trying to think, is it illegal here? Is it illegal in Georgia? I don't think so. You know, it's, it varies state by state because I know that I've seen this also here in the states. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I've seen people with, you know, the the, the mirrored disco balls, and yeah. they've got baby shoes that have been bronzed hanging from the the, uh, mm-hmm. the mirror. It's like you, you know, you're exactly right. Rubbish hanging from the mirror. I don't I don't understand how that's legal. I hate driving in a car with that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So. How about a garter belt? A lot of people hang the garter belt up now, there. Now, that's the, uh, just classy. Yeah. <laughs> that's an aesthetic. <laughs> from the mirror, like, a, I don't know, seniors in high school after the prom, they hang the garter belt up after. You're just night. making an announcement to the other drivers. I suppose so, yeah. What, what do you have? What's your, what's your <laughs> ending note? <laughs> Let's see. I've got, um, you know, one thing, and this is probably the last thing I want to mention okay. here. I've been kind of looking into this recently for um, my model cars. Um, as far as customizing goes for the, the, uh, scale models that I collect. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the 18th, you know, 118th scale. Which you've got a great collection, too. Yeah, I got a pretty big collection. And, um, um, I haven't added to it in a while. I'm going to have to do that. But, um, I've been looking into something they call photo etching. And you uh-huh. can make your own parts. And, uh, you use real, real thin metal, but, you know, it's real simple to do. You, you use, um, uh, the stuff that they use to make, um, um, Control boards, or I don't need oh, yeah, CPU okay. boards, I yeah. guess, for computers. Mm-hmm. I, I'm probably saying that completely wrong. The tech guys will get on me for this, but um, circuit boards. Yeah, circuit boards. You can use um, the same material that you use to etch copper circuit boards. You can buy it at Radio Shack, uh, and you can flatten out the piece a piece of metal from a soda can. Uh-huh. And you know, there's a way you treat it with lacquer, and because there's a there's a liner inside the can that you have to dissolve away. Yeah, um, it's real. It's actually very very easy to make your own tiny little car parts for model cars. Very very detailed also. And uh, there's a lot of instructions online about exactly how to do it. And really, it requires, I would say, in in total, less than fifteen dollars worth of materials. Um, it's very, very simple. And some of the stuff you may already have besides the etchant. I bet a lot of people don't have that. But um, the, the the detail, the level of detail that you can get on your models from something like this is, mm-hmm. is well worth it. And it, it requires precision, though. That definitely it does, seems like yeah. a skill. It does. It definitely requires precision. But it can be done in, you know, we're talking about like 10 minutes mm-hmm. to cut out some parts that you may need for a vehicle to, to, you know, that will make that much of a difference in the way that thing looks. Mm-hmm. And oh, and uh, this is an awkward segue, but uh, speaking of time, Scott, I think it may be time for us to head out. Probably, I can, yeah. I can, I can feel our producer's cold stare. We've stretched it. We so we <laughs> we stretched it a bit. Um, we should let everybody know uh, we're one of the reasons we're uh, heading out early right now is that we are going to be taking a vacation. Yeah. And uh, people are still – we're still going to have episodes coming out. They're going to be some of our greatest hits, if you will, reruns. 
Uh, we will be on hiatus for a little while, but we will still be on email, on Facebook and Twitter. You can find all the articles we're talking about on our website. We want to give a quick uh, thank you to the listeners whose names we read. Scott, can oh, you my check gosh, that out? Oh, my gosh. an awful lot. Yeah, we got, uh, we got Mark, Jerry, Caesar, Richard, Matt, Ryan, Mike, Harlan, Micah, Eric, and Ellie. Yes, and we'll also add in there, of course, Saul, one of our earliest uh, regular listeners. Uh, oh, yeah, Saul. Yeah, he he writes in every once in a while. He had an email. Sorry, buddy, I, I didn't find it this time. No, he wrote in about the subway being shut yeah, down. That's and how, what it is. What yeah. an unusual scene it was in New York when the subway was shut down yeah. during uh, Hurricane Irene. Yeah, that's what he, How strange. A fascinating job that guy's got. Yeah. Um, but uh, if you would like to be one of the people who uh, gets their letter read on air, or if you have an idea for an upcoming topic, or uh, anything at all, really. Uh, keep in mind, we are a car show. So yeah. no uh, life, the universe, and everything else questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if it's about automotive stuff, maybe we can help you out. Uh, send us an email at carstuff at howstuffworks.com. Be sure to check out our new video podcast, Stuff from the Future. Join HowStuffWorks staff as we explore the most promising and perplexing possibilities of tomorrow. The HowStuffWorks iPhone app has arrived. Download it today on iTunes. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started.